Superhero Stuff You Should Know is part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. Hey, this is Ben from Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and I have an important announcement for you guys. At the end of every single episode of Superhero Stuff You Should Know, you might hear a shout out to our fans, one of whom is Matt Herring, who was one of the original Superhouse fans. He's always given us his support, and now it's time that we support him. Uh, we've just recently found out that Matt has been diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer. And as a cancer survivor myself, I know personally that there's a lot of emotional and financial strain that comes into that. Uh, his wife, Kelly, has set up a GoFundMe account at GoFundMe.com slash F slash Matthew hyphen kicks hyphen cancer 039S hyphen butt. Uh, and hopefully you can help reduce the financial strain to that as well as some of the emotional strain that comes with that. Again, that's GoFundMe.com slash F slash Matthew dash kicks dash cancer 039S dash butt. Matt Herring was the first, I guess you could say, true Superhouse fan. We were Superhouse at that time. You know, the first fan of this podcast and what we do here and um, has always supported us, talked about us, and um, he's from a town close to where I'm from, and uh, so we share that as well, and just a huge superhero fan, and, you know, nerd like the rest of us, and now he's going through that, and uh, if you could donate just at least any amount of money to that link that Ben just said, that would be truly appreciated just hang in there matt you'll beat this thing soon so uh jason just wondering uh i was wondering why you named yourself after my favorite restaurant to go on cheat day what are you talking about bruce i'm red robin because of the blood of my enemies i think you just really love their double cheeseburger and fries I mean, I do, but, uh, you know, the blood of my enemies. I just thought it would be a cool way to rename Robin. It's not even similar. It's exactly the fucking same. I mean, I'm surprised their lawyers aren't coming after you with the trademark shit. I mean, it's a bit hard for them to find me, considering I'm just hiding in the shadows, but yeah. It's, I mean, just, I just add in, why, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Never underestimate fast food lawyers, Robin. I mean, Jason. It's Red Robin. Ah, uh, who gives a fuck anymore? Well, I do. It's my name. The name's a fucking Burger Joint name. Yeah, I'm gonna change it. Your name is now Revolver. Revolver? I don't use revolvers. I use Glocks. It's close enough, and it sounds cool. Wait, why do you think it sounds cool? I thought you hated guns. I think they're cool in movies. It's just, okay, it's just I wanted a name for my own, you know? like Robin Your own? Is... It's not your own, though. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's got a fucking trademark already. Yeah, well, at least some other costume vigilante doesn't have the name before me. I get to have it now. What are you talking about? I'm fucking original shit. Only one superhero before me, and that's Big Blue, but fuck that guy right now. Fucking dweeb. I mean, if you really want us to team up, I could load in some kryptonite bullets into my Glock, and we could, uh, you know, go after him. Um, I'm going to say I hate that, but then turn around... And then not going to see what you do. And then I'm willing to go in the direction that you want to go. Alright, so you're in then. I didn't say that, but I'm turning around now. Bruce, there he is. Here, I'll shoot him down. Hey, Bruce, Bruce and Red Robin, how are you both? How's it going? Don't say my fucking name out and loud. But, uh... Hey, uh... Hey, Jason. Yeah? 
you know, I'm turning around again. All right, guns are blazing. I heard that. All right, welcome to Superhero Stuff You Should Know, a Superhouse podcast. I am, once again, the man who knows too much about Batman, and I got my gauntlets now in time for Halloween. <laughs> for those who are watching the YouTube version. And with me, as usual, is... Hey, everybody, it's Andrew. What's going on? It is time to talk about motherfucking death. <laughs> well, the res- yeah, the death before the uh, resurrection and Under the Red Hood. So this is our prequel to everything you don't know about Under the Red Hood. This is now everything you don't know about a death in the family. As you can see here, pictured here, the original trade paperback that I've had since, like, I don't know, the mid-90s. <laughs> so this is one of the first comics I ever bought, actually. Iconic cover, this cover here. Yes. Yes, yes. for sure. So... Basically, I thought we would start with talking a little bit about a follow-up from the last episode where you challenged, let's put up a poll. What do people prefer? <laughs> I Mask- cannot believe these results. I, I thought Under the Red Hood was way... <laughs> I thought it'd be closer at least. It was a fucking landslide. Yeah, no, I, admit, I admit defeat, Ben. <laughs> well, let me reveal the results. <laughs> okay. So on Instagram stories, 81% for Masking the Phantasm. All right. 19% for Under the Red Hood. 19 percent it was a little better on twitter twitter gives you more time oh okay uh 75 percent for mask of the 25 percent 25 percent for the under under the red hood yeah yeah i it's i guess so i admit defeat but i mean they're both really solid i was wrong they're both extremely solid and both have similar themes there's a reason we're putting them against each other yeah like it's it's a tough call it's still his choice yeah, you know, on yeah. This. so in terms yeah. of in terms of Batman animated movies, yeah, so it's it's fantastic. I think they're both fantastic. I love both of them. Yes, yes. So we're at least agreed on that. They're classics. Yes, uh, but yeah, Red, we, Red Hood is a modern classic, more yes. modern, mm-hmm. and it's been updated. So we did not get a sequel or prequel to Mask of the Phantasm, at least in animated form, but we did get one just recently. With uh, the new Death in the Family short, we have just seen it right now. You get fresh reactions, guys. This is one of the most fresh. Well, we did what Batman versus Dracula. I just watched right before it. That I think might have been yeah. That there one was, or Batwoman. There was Master a couple. Batman. Yeah, there, there was, was a few couple that we, watched we did back yeah. like in the early days. You know, whenever mm-hmm. you were first coming on as a real host. Yeah. And not just not just a correspondent. Yes. Indeed. <laughs> so, what were your thoughts on the short that we've just seen? The many versions that is. I like that it obviously shares so much DNA with Under the Red Hood, mm-hmm. and it's a little tough because I we literally just finished watching. I'm still sort of unpacking it. Right. I love that the phrase "unpacking" became a thing because it, it, it. I guess you could say I used to. I'm, I'm still processing it. Mm-hmm. But but anyway, yeah. Um, I honestly feel like I I have a thing, and I don't expect anybody to agree with me on this one. And I'm not trying to be. Um, Contrarian, but oh. I love the scenes where they're just sitting and having a coffee. Oh yeah, yeah. And so know. even though the first one is anticlimactic as fuck, uh, you're referring to the one that ends with spoilers for everybody. Else this is a spoiler-filled like, yeah. podcast for yeah. Batman: Death in the Family, yes. mainly the Blu-ray, but also the comic. Mm-hmm. So please stop that. Watch it now. It mm-hmm. Just came out. Yeah. Uh, if you if you're if you're concerned about spoilers, if right. you're not, if you've already seen it. Yeehaw, motherfucker. Let's keep on going. <laughs> let's keep going. So the, the ending of Superman. I love the one with Clark, Superman. Yeah. Superman shows up, Clark. There's a scene in... 
uh, Young Justice where uh, oh, yeah, yeah. where they're like it's very similar, it was like Bruce yeah. I have, we have to have a talk yeah. or was that what it was it's been a while since I've seen it yeah it's one where they're talking about I think it's Bruce telling Superman he has to be a proper father to, to Superboy yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah it's kind of a weird you know role reversal it's a reversal you would think it would be the other way around I, I love that I love the, the yeah, that's right I love yeah. the New Year's Eve stuff on Batman <laughs> B-Town so like actually apropos I'm wearing a coffee shirt I'm a huge huge coffee fan and um, <laughs> I don't know what it is, dude. But I, but also the first the first one we watched the the thirty minute one, mm-hmm. the one that ends with in the cafe, yeah, or the diner. He is. It's completely from Bruce's narration, mm-hmm. and I love that because that probably especially to you. I mean, of course, I've read some comics, but not nearly as much as you. But that. Right. That reminds you of inner monologue you're reading in the comics, correct? Yeah. Whenever you see your narration. It does, and it adds a lot of... Even though it's like it's mostly a recap of Under the Red Hood, which yeah. I thought at first was like, this is kind of bullshit. Yeah. Uh, but I appreciated the character insights. Yeah, that you get. I love that. There's certain things where you're just like, oh, I never thought that Bruce would think that way about that scene that I saw 10 years yeah. ago. Yeah, You know? Yeah, so exactly. That that was <clears throat> that was probably the uh, the saving grace of, of that right. path. You, you you feel close to Bruce in this. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a emo, it's emotionally driven, and I think that's why it was really strong. Mm-hmm. The, the whenever you get Jason Todd's um, inner monologue and his his narration, it's good, but it's just not as good as Bruce's. Man. Right? Yeah. No, There's a reason not. Bruce is the main man. <laughs> right. You know, like Jason Todd is he's good, and honestly, I'm not the right age for Jason Todd. I feel like. In a sense, it's more of a. If I was a young twenties, late teens, yeah, oh my god, that. are you yeah. kidding me? I'm all over it. Mm-hmm. I would have loved that, but yeah, you know, it's good. It's all good. Yeah. I liked it. <clears throat> I think we're the more mature adult Bruce. <laughs> we're adult Batman. <laughs> we're fans adult here. Batman. Fans. <laughs> 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 we kind of are, though. I mean, yes, we are. this is we are sort of a um, kind of a mature Batman podcast. I think. Yes. Yeah. Yes. In a, in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, when we're not making fucking jokes. <laughs> yes. Um, I lo- I loved it. I love the different paths. We'll go into which path was my favorite, and we'll go into which one your favorite oh, yeah. was when we get there. I already revealed it. Oh, really? I mean, that was it, right? <laughs> oh, you mean from there? Well, well, like... From the explosion. From the explosion, yeah. Okay. Because yeah, you, have, you have many different paths, and the most anticlimactic one is just to go with the same continuity as Under the Red Hood, because that doesn't really show you much that's new, and kind of adds a little bit more to... Yeah. Uh, what was in Under the Red Hood, but other yeah. than that, it's uh, pretty much what you would expect. It's okay. the more unexpected choices that I, that threw me, and there were a couple moments that <laughs> yeah, as, some, that I've told you where some, I, yeah. my jaw dropped. And I'm like, really? They're doing this? They weren't okay. We'll talk about it. I was going to ask, but I'll wait. I'll wait on. Okay, it. All right. I'll wait on it. Uh, but let's start with the stuff that happens before the branching, before like all the shit like goes down, and you get to choose like which path you want to go. Uh, a lot of it is based off of this comic. Yeah. How familiar are you with uh, the Death of the Family comic? Not, not at all, man. I wish gotcha. that's one I do want to read. I haven't gotten around gotcha. to it. Again, I I am not a super casual Bat fan. I've read mm-hmm. many of the comics, nowhere near been seen all the movies, of course, most mm-hmm. of the animation. But I just even some of the greats like this. I know this yeah. is a classic, but I just have never read Death in the Family the comics mm-hmm. version. Right. I don't think so. Well, <laughs> there's some, some. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I did read that. But I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I haven't read. That. Right. Okay. So uh, this came about in the '80s because of the fact that 
there was this idea to use phone calls to sort of interact with the, with the comic, which is why yeah. this movie is interactive on the Blu-ray. Yeah. Uh, so the editor, Denny O'Neill, figured he could take advantage of that. And uh, he he was like, it has to be a big decision, so it's got to be a death. But it can't just be some bullshit death of, like, will this random person that we introduced in the first issue you know, die at the end of the, at the end of said issue. Yeah. Like, stupid. Right. Nobody will care. It has Clayface's to be, niece. Yeah. It has to be an established character <laughs> for people to give a shit. And yeah. this version of Robin, the way that Jim Starlin, the writer was characterizing in, yeah. as I covered in the under the red hood podcast, it was just not popular with, with readers. The readers were used to the Dick Grayson dynamic. He they was a Damien of his time. Yeah. They weren't basically. used to grim dark. Yeah, yeah. Like Damien was super popular in 2005, 2006 or so when he got introduced. But yeah. That was the 2000s. We're talking about the 80s. People yeah. kind of still a little bit more used to their take on things. And so they didn't yeah. like that this is a dark Robin right, or whatever. So Denny O'Neill thought maybe we do something where he gets in danger and we leave it up to the audience to vote whether or not Jason Todd gets to stay as Robin okay. over here. So he's kind of saw it as the, the way to, to solve his Robin problem and do the stunt <laughs> at the same time. So, correct uh, me if I'm wrong. Denny O'Neill created Jason Todd. No, he didn't. Um, uh, he was technically created by Jerry Conway in oh, the yeah. '80s, but this okay. new version of him uh, was brought about in the comics by Max Allen Collins, oh, and then yeah. characterized with the grim, dark uh, sort of version that we talked about in the last episode of right. the, the, the whole diplomat's son who rapes that girl and everything. Like that's all Jim Starlin. Okay, so Starlin, man, he's a fucking MVP, and yeah. he created Thanos and every, and, you know, like. I don't know. I thought people should know his name more, probably. Yeah, I know, right? You Especially know? after the Infinity War Endgame. Yeah. Duology. They they stuff. made yeah. a fucking purple headed raisin looking motherfucker, <laughs> an actual like they're one of their best villains. Yeah. Honestly, like Loki kind of got annoying after a while, but like Thanos was like a badass motherfucker all right. the way through. And he had that impact in just two movies, really. In just two movies. Sure, he had cameos in the others, but you didn't really get to know who he was. Right. Yeah. Right. They just didn't have. We'll finish the tangent soon. But they, <laughs> they didn't have the full Loki plan figured out for 20 fucking movies. That's right. the problem. Yeah, probably. You know what I mean? They had yeah. a Thanos plan for two movies. Mm-hmm. So it was a way to build up to them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but over here, uh, Death in the Family started, it was from Batman issue number 426 to 429. So it was only four issues, really. Okay. Uh, writers were, as you can see in the front, Jim Starlin uh, with... Uh, Jim Aparo during the pencils and the inker was Mike DiCarlo colorist was Adrian Roy and letterer was John Costanza and uh, 426 and 427 was basically everything to set up to this adventure yeah. until at the end 427 is the classic Joker with the crowbar right. explosions everything Batman arrives with explosion and that was a cliffhanger Okay. and that was when there was an ad saying Robin will die because the Joker wants revenge but you can prevent that with one phone call <laughs> Wow. Okay. So you had, they had to vote, right? Yeah, they had different. They had different phone numbers for each one. Uh, you call God. one for him to live, and you call another for him to die, and you had thirty-six hours to do this. And it probably costs extra too, right? Yeah, there's probably some toll number or, or whatever. In Fifty order to do cents, this. which was like three dollars <laughs> in the eighties. Uh, <laughs> you had from eight a.m. EST on September sixteenth to eight p.m. the next evening. It was just one day to, to call. 36 hours, yeah. It's so a little over hours. one day, yeah. Do you know uh, if it was free or not? I 
don't know, but I have a feeling based off of another story that's coming out, it probably was, and they like I'm sure it was a toll free number. If if it wasn't, it just seems like one of those things where it's one of those numbers that showed up in the bill that yeah. your parents would get mad about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like why like Tim, why did you why what's this bill for? I don't know. Oh, I had this. to call to kill Robin. What are you talking about? <laughs> All right, can you uh, just give me a, a, a general prediction or estimate how many calls you think there were to, to oh, vote is, on this? Oh, this is a good question. Just in total, yeah. Because I have the exact numbers. Wow. I'm going to, what I think is lowballing, 200,000. Okay. Ooh, that's actually way higher than what it was. Oh, okay. It was actually 10,614 calls. Okay, okay. Uh, how close do you think it was or how far do you think it was? Oh, these games. Um, <laughs> I think 65% to kill. So you think it was mostly uh, Jason Todd will die? They voted to kill him, right? I mean, they did, but I was just asking, how, do you think it was close, or do you think it was like overwhelmingly like vast majority? I think, six, I think 65% wanted to kill him. Okay. Uh, so the final tally was 5,271 people wanted to kill him. 5,343 oh, were against so it. So 72 votes. Wow. 72. And you say your vote doesn't count in this country. <laughs> <laughs> Go out and vote, everybody. Uh, <laughs> O'Neill had heard a story that there was one guy who programmed a computer. This is high tech in the 80s. Programs a computer to dial the thumbs down number every 90 seconds. So maybe he was the one who made the big difference and was the extra 72 calls. Who knows? Are you serious? Somebody yeah. did that? Somebody did that according to Denny O'Neill. He oh wow! Him. Yeah, so it's uh, it's wild, but obviously there they was, don't know for sure even now. They don't know at least. Yeah, okay, the, the, they don't have they don't have a way to let retroactively find out who hacked in the eighties. I'm sure like that guy is a huge Batman fan, and once he he probably has heard Denny O'Neill say that, and it's up to him to out himself. I'm sure. Okay. Or maybe there already is an article on that. Who knows? Okay, that's interesting fact. Yeah, dude, back at that time. You could probably hack the fucking like World Bank with <laughs> yeah. a, with a fucking like DOS computer, one of those shitty computers. Like yeah. if you really wanted to, they they I don't know, man. It just seemed like it was a wild, like hardly any cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, it's especially comic book thing. That would have been wild. probably pretty yeah. easy to hack. Yeah, yeah, and as I, okay, so next question then: If you were a fan of the '80s and you were reading this, yeah, which would you have voted for? Continue grim, dark Robin, or kill him off? That's an interesting choice. If you are who you are now, but just in 1988. I, no, I normally yeah. wouldn't want to kill because, mm-hmm. I don't know, like in Ghost, and Su- Ghost of Tsushima, I chose to leave the guy uh, alive at mm-hmm. the end. Um, yeah. But uh, spoilers on that one. But anyway, <laughs> um, but I'm not a huge fan of Grimdark at the same time. Right, so it's uh, not that you're killing him. The Joker killed him. It's just whether or not yeah. he survives the explosion. Uh... If he's, I haven't read that time period of, of, of Jason Todd, but I mean, if he was super annoying, maybe. I don't know. My natural inclination is to is let, let him live, though. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm going to say the official answer let him live. Yeah. I probably would have, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And probably have used the experience to have humbled him, you know? Yeah. 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 That type of thing. Yeah. To make him a little bit more of a likable Robin to, to people. It would have right. been completely different. It would have changed Batman's entire history if, if, right. if this whole thing, you know, didn't go down that way. We right. wouldn't have had Under the Red Hood. That's right. You know? 
So uh, Batman 428 was the one that revealed the ending that he was dead. Okay. But there was an alternate page that was written in case he was voted to live. Yeah, right. But the thing is, and here's what's weird to me, and I'll show it to people who are watching on the video. Uh, the covers to each one had the title A Death in the Family throughout all of them. Right. So if Jason was going to live, what was the death going to be? That's my main question. I've, not, I've yet to find an answer to that. It was the name. Well, yeah, you're right. You know? Yeah. Unless it's like some sort of metaphorical death that Jason goes through from the experience. I don't know. But uh, that's never really been answered Good for me. Question. I can't find anything on that. But what I do know is that they did kill Jason Todd and they got apparently a ton of hate mail on it like Denny it's just funny a bunch of 80s nerds have a bunch of bloodlust but they, they don't like the, the whiny ass Todd right well I think it's also probably from people who didn't get what it was who didn't participate in this at all so the oh, people who voted in uh, I imagine you were just like know. you got what you wanted but yeah. you know if you're somebody who just grew up with the 60s series and then in the 80s you hear that they killed Robin off in the comics you're right. thinking how dare they kill off Burt Ward like they right. you don't know about Jason Todd you don't know about anything on him right 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 um Denny O'Neill said that he spent all day on the phone instead of actually doing his job to answer all of these people. I'm surprised he even took the calls, honestly. Yeah. Um, He's a, he was a nice guy. Yeah. Like, super, like, ridiculously nice. He said that uh, they had to remind people that this was not a real kid. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So this is ink and paper, he says. in the in the, uh, This is a documentary called The Batman on DC Universe, uh, and that's what he says on there oh, about, yeah. the, about the death in the family experience. So God, it's, I feel like I've seen that. Yeah, anyway. that was great. Uh, yeah. it's, it's a great documentary just to get his insights on things. Uh, but that's what he had to go up against. There was naturally an amount of hate mail on that. Uh, and uh, afterwards, I'll put this out there. Here's a new fun fact that I don't think a lot of people know. Oh. The original Death in the Family adaptation was actually in 1996 on audio drama called Legends of Robin. Well, shit, there's the bat tutelage yes, right there for it you. It combined... Uh, a lonely place of uh, it combined the death in the family with a lonely place of dying, which is what introduced Tim Drake, uh, and it was basically the cro the sort of crossover from going from Jason Todd, Jason Todd's death, to Tim Drake donning the Robin outfit. Okay, all right. Uh, Joker was voiced by Mark Hamill oh, in the wow. audio drama. So Mark Hamill, even though no, barely anybody has heard this performance, Mark Hamill killed Jason Todd. Wow, a long ass time ago. This is. This is pre-Betas. This is... Well, no, this is the middle of Betas. This is oh, 1996. Oh, okay. So oh, yeah, yeah. They, right, they cast right. him because he was part of it. Okay, yeah, But this yeah, is yeah. like one of those more obscure, like, Mark Hamill performances. Right. So, for anybody curious on what it sounds like of Mark Hamill's Joker killing Jason Todd, we're going to play a clip for you right now. It wasn't very nice hitting Uncle Joker. You've been a bad boy. Prepare yourself for a severe spanking, young man. But let me tell you right from the start, this is going to hurt you a lot more than it does me. My, that was fun. Messy, though. Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Yeah. 
Zach's so close to him, too. Oh, I know, right? Yeah. So that's a little bit of a preview for you guys. You can find that on YouTube. We will uh, add a link in the description for anybody watching our YouTube version. A link in the description for the uh, playlist where you can hear that version that uh, a an uploader has put up. But that was the original Death in the Family adaptation before we got to the opening of Under the Red Hood. And, of course, now the Blu-ray. So this was like an audio book? What was this? It was an audio, yeah, it was an audio, audio cassette. Audio comic kind of thing? It was an audio cassette. They release tape, those yeah. every now and again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a bunch. I had one for like Two-Face and Riddler in, right. in the 90s. Books on tape, people I used had, to say. I grew up with the one of the Untold Legend of the Batman, which is like an okay. 80s comic. Very 80s theme song and stuff. I loved it. There, Oh, really? Yeah. There's, there are a few uh, Batman and Superman audio books on Audible. And mm. I, I kind of like want to, that would be a cool thing to like do a deep dive review on later on down the line. Right, right. <clears throat> yeah. So I think there's definitely one that I want to check out um, called Enemies and Allies, which is like Batman and Superman teaming up for the first time, but in okay. the 50s. Okay. So yeah. that's going to be interesting. Uh, but anyway, let's uh, then dive a little bit into comparisons between the short that we saw, at least everything leading up to the explosion. And okay. uh, the comic. So it's pretty close, actually, in terms of the whole Batman sees that Jason is too brutal and decides to bench him. Right. Uh, so that's pretty much like in the comic. However, the big thing that they cut out of the movie is that uh, the reason why Jason goes across the world is not to track Joker. In the comic, Batman's tracking Joker. Right. In the comic, Jason uh, basically feels like he's kicked out of Wayne Manor or kicked away from, from Bruce. So he goes, he does some soul searching and he finds out that. Uh, the mom who he thought was his real mom uh, was is not the name on the birth certificate. Okay. It has a different name on the birth certificate that's kind of like smushed out or whatever, but it has a letter on it, uh, starting with the letter S. And so he decides to track down the three people whose three women whose first names start with S that's in his dad's address book. Uh, so he gets three names, and that's why he goes across the world. It's actually Batman who goes across the world to investigate Joker because Joker is true to what happens in the uh, in the movie. Uh, he's trying to sell a big weapon to terrorists. In the comic, it's a missile, but in right. the uh, in the movie, it's uh, just a bunch of uranium. And then they go to it's not Bosnia, but it is actually several parts of the Middle East. So there's like in Lebanon and a lot oh, of okay. uh, um, places. But uh, in one case, there's. Uh, this is what I don't get. Jason Todd's dad was supposed to be a henchman of Two Faces, who was killed. Okay. Apparently, the three candidates are uh, a woman who turns out to be an Israeli Secret Service agent. Okay. And the other one is Lady Shiva. <laughs> and I'm like, how does this thug know these two? Right. Um, but neither one turn out to be the mother. The real mother is actually in Ethiopia, and, and she's a doctor named Sheila Haywood. And Sheila is there because she was disgraced. She did a botched abortion operation. Uh, and Joker seems to know about that and is using that to blackmail her. Joker knows everything. Joker apparently does, knows everything, yeah. So, and it just so happens that when Joker's there to blackmail her to sort of use her medical trucks for him to transport his Joker gas, that's when Jason and Bruce show up because Jason thinks that that's his mom. And she confirms that years ago she did have a relationship with Willis Todd, his dad. Who's Willis Todd? His dad. That's it. I mean, he's a henchman oh, okay. of, of Two Faces before Two Face killed him. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. So, yeah. Uh, and it's because of the fact, though, that. So, in, in the movie, it's just basically they see Rosal Ghoul's men take off with the ur- uranium and stuff where, while there's the warehouse where Joker 
inside. And even though Batman tells Jason to stay put, Jason decides to go in anyway. Okay. Kind of a dumb move. However, in the comic, it's better explained because in the comic, he refuses because he wants to help his mom out. Yes. So the mom's cut out of this entirely. Yeah, 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 exactly. Now, to be fair, they they were going off the continuity of Under the Red Hood because they didn't present her in the opening of Under the Red Hood, and it would have complicated that as well if you showed that showed her in that uh but in the comic he goes in to try to rescue her and it turns out she's a little bit more in league with joker than he thought and so she okay. pulls a gun on him and gives him up to joker so she actually betrays him and it gets dark as fuck so this is the darkest moment from jim starlin is as joker is beating jason with a crowbar his mom watches and then turns around and smokes a cigarette what? she's just a piece of shit mom <laughs> she's just a piece of shit mom until joker's like Oh, you know, I shouldn't leave any evidence, so I'm just going to tie you up here and set a bomb so that you can die off your son. Okay. So now she cares <laughs> about what? it. I mean, so she's just a total piece of shit, like... Pretty much. why I mean, she's so shitty? I mean, she... Let's think of it this way. She doesn't know Jason. He's only shown up for the last couple of minutes, and he's oh, she's going, like Shazan's to... mom in that yeah. the final in that movie. Yeah, like she yeah. she's not really invested in him so much as yeah. protecting herself. And then when Joker turns the tables on her, uh, and Jason is recovered enough to sort of move around, like you see in the movie, right. um, they decide to break out together. So Jason then unties her, and then they leads her to the door, only to find that the door is locked. And then the place okay. explodes. Okay. And that kill that definitely kills her. She dies in front of Batman when Batman's trying to find Jason's body. Okay. So that version stayed pretty true <clears throat> other than that. And the final issue of the Death in the Family story is Batman trying to almost get revenge on Joker. And it, it's an insane story where the Joker is now the Iranian ambassador <laughs> at the UN, UN. And once again, he's got diplomatic immunity. The 90s, y'all. <laughs> so he's, Joker's got diplomatic immunity because this he was represents... The, this was in the 90s, correct? 80s. 88, this is 80, yeah. Oh, 88, yeah. He represents Iran <laughs> over here. How does this happen? I don't know, but the Ayatollah apparently has... He shows up in here and offers the job to Joker. And, and hashtag yeah. uh, 80s, y'all. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> And Superman actually shows up. So this is partially why I think Clark Kent shows up at the end of that short. Okay. Is because Superman plays a role at the end of the original Death of the Family, trying to coerce Bruce not to kill the Joker. Okay. And they do end up working together, and naturally there's a confrontation with Batman and Joker, and Joker is presumably dead, but you know he's going to come back. And that's the end of of that issue. Okay. So that's pretty much how the comic goes. Obviously, they cut out the Iranian ambassador, all that shit. That part's a little version. too silly, probably. It's, yeah, yeah, it's not needed. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. those are pretty much the main things. Do you think that they made the right move in cutting the whole mom subplot? From what I hear, yeah. 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 I, think, I think it just would have been too dark right. for that. I mean, this is already dark enough as it is. You don't need to add more darkness to it. Yes, the that's only, right. Yeah, the only thing that it adds, uh, the mom thing adds, is a better motivation for him to go into the warehouse. That's that's pretty much it. The whole like her just turning away, it's like uh, it's it's not set up well. Yeah, no. It's not set up well. Yeah. It's not great. From so, a writing standpoint, as it were. Sorry, Mr. Starlin. <laughs> but hey, who are we? Yeah. A couple of jackasses on the internet. So uh, when we get back from the break, we will cover all the alternate paths and the comic book uh, connections to that. See you then. <laughs> Joker's kidnapped Robin and taken him to a warehouse downtown. I've got to get there and help him. But 
What ride should I take? The bat cycle would be the fastest, probably, and the funnest, if I'm to be honest. But the Batmobile's probably the most reliable, and probably the most menacing, so it'd clear traffic. The bat boat I could take? I haven't taken the boat in a while. No, none of that. Hmm, how about the bat truck? Gee whiz, I sure am about to die. Should I take the bat bicycle? I've been meaning to work out. Should I take the bat fat tire cruiser? It's been a while since I've hit the beaches. Uh, maybe I'll dust off the bat scooter and take it for a spin. Boy, I sure hope Robin's delaying the Joker from doing anything crazy. Surely Batman's already on his way. I feel like I can be pretty discerning here because my ward and protege, Robin, can handle himself. Hmm. I'm kind of leaning back towards the bat cycle again. Alfred! Yes, sir? What should I take out here? The Joker's, you know, he's up to some shit. Robin's taking care of it, but I should probably go. I suggest uh, the usual game of eeny, meeny, miny, and mo. You're a bloody genius, all right. I dare say I am, sir. Oh, that crowbar really does smart. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Catch a tiger by his toe. If he, oh, wait a minute. How the hell does the rest of that one go? Oh shit. Yeah, bat truck. All right, everybody, if you like that little preview to the sketch right there, we have that plus news, plus we're bringing back some opinion pieces and uh, review type stuff and all kinds of stuff in our $5 tier on Patreon. So just go to patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod. And if you become part of the $5 tier, you can see these new bonus episodes. Basically, consider it Superhouse DLC. Oh! This transmission is being interrupted to bring you an important message. Joker here. <laughs> now I know you're all very disappointed because you were trying to listen to the Bozo Super Sunday show, but I've got a special treat for you instead. It's my favorite podcast. Superhero stuff you should know. What's that? You don't want to listen? Too bad. I've already got it on every station in Gotham. <laughs> so go ahead, give it a listen, and I promise it'll leave you with a smile on your face. <laughs> and we are back to discuss more of A Death in the Family. As you can see, we got the Blu-ray right in front of us for those who are watching the YouTube version. And uh, as we might have, not, I'm not sure if we made this clear enough, on the Blu-ray, that is the only way that you can do the interactive part. If you get the digital version, it'll give you an hour and a half movie that is just the version with the Superman uh, part, uh, and then a whole bunch of unrelated sh shorts with Sergeant Rock, Death, Adam Strange. Um, I think there's probably like one more that I'm missing on there, uh, but a whole bunch of them. And it's the bonus features that have the three alternate paths that we're about to talk about on here. Uh, so and they all start off the same way, and they all start off the same way. So you might by the have way. to skip if you're going in order if you're uh, watching this all in in, the, in a row. Yeah, so you Heads can up. comfortably skip through all the way up until Batman's approaching the motorcycle, uh, approaching the building with the motorcycle. 
Uh, so we'll see. Then again, we did say this is a spoiler-filled episode, so we're probably just preaching to the choir right now. But just that's, in case, that's true. <laughs> but just some, in case. but you'd be surprised if people just don't care. <laughs> yeah, and just in case. Now we just help those people out. Yeah, in case you were like on the fence and you're using this podcast to determine, eh, should I get it? Should I not? Uh, definitely get it. But here's how to get it. I like, generally don't care about spoilers unless it's like the Batman by Matt Reeves or so, <laughs> something right. like super. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I'm um, like number one looking forward to I don't know I'm just I'm not super spoiler I kinda sensitive wish, I kind of wish those set photos weren't up you know what I mean yeah I, I'm, I'm gonna start stop following some of these people man that is the I think they know they don't release until 2022 and they're like ah fuck it people will forget yeah I mean it's one thing if we get a closer look at like Colin Farrell's Penguin compared to the trailer, but some of the other stuff, I was like, yeah, they're in a fucking bat robe walking around on yeah, set I'm outside. Like, yeah, they have the worst security I've ever seen. Yeah, they really don't care. Where if anybody's lost, there's just a bunch of set photos from the Batman mm-hmm. in some Liverpool somewhere in England. Yeah, yeah. And, Apparently, and were, Grant Morrison. That's got to be Grant Morrison. I don't think it's Grant Morrison. It's not. Okay. There's a picture of a bald man on set that we debated whether or not is Grant Morrison. We will find out in the actual movie. It looks I guess. a lot, but it looks a little bit more stout than Grant Morrison, yeah. I think. But it looks very, very similar. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, he does. He does. I'll give you that. I'll give yeah. You that. Uh, so there were three alternate routes outside of the regular death and family. Because if you just vote for Jason Todd dying from the explosion, you get basically a prequel slash sequel to Under the Red Hood. Right. Uh, so I'm going to go in the order that we saw it. So the first one was called Jason Todd's Rebellion, where Jason does get blown up in the explosion, but he actually survives. And when okay. Batman finds him, he says, oh my god, he's alive, which is a reference to that page, that they, that alternate page that Jim Aparo drew. Just uh, in, in case. Just in case they voted for right. him to live. Right. Um, and then we get to see Ace the Bound Hound when uh, <laughs> Jason is like recovering from stuff and he's surrounded Bat by that family. That cow is not in there. The back cow didn't show up until Damien showed up, though. So oh, yeah. that makes sense. That shit's ridiculous. Um, so clearly, uh, Jason Todd does not become the Red Hood, but he becomes something else. Someone else. Right. Yes. Who looks suspiciously like Hush, right? Yes. So they never That's, actually uh, name him that. Yeah. What, does he have a name in this little short? They, they keep calling him Robin. Okay. In that. So okay. I'm like, eh, like you should have just gone with Hush. I mean, Evil, he's Hush Robin. In the DC fandom panel for Death in the Family, they did call him Hush. Though. So He's a Hush puppy you get at <laughs> Red Robin. Uh, this is a reference, however, to the actual Hush story. Okay. In Batman 617 and 618, again, this is not in the Hush animated movie, so if you've only seen the animated movie, this is not in there. Um, they made you think at one point that Jason Todd was Hush. Okay. And he shows up yeah. in the bandages and he undoes the bandages, and he's even got the... You know how this version of Jason has the R on his chest underneath yeah. the coat that's what that was in there okay uh in the in the jim lee version and then towards the end there's this fight with batman in a cathedral and batman figures out that this is he's like you are not the robin who died and then he turns into clay oh shit and it's revealed that it's clay face wow he gets used a lot more yeah well of course he does <laughs> yeah uh, but in Batman Annual number 25 judd winnick revealed that it was jason in the cemetery and then at some point they switched so that Clayface was the one in the final confrontation just to make Batman think that it was Clayface the whole time. Okay. This is major confusing, but... Yeah, this this gets a little rough. This is why this is not adapted. Plus, <laughs> Batman never checking the coffin in the animated one we just saw. Yeah. It's almost out of character, but he was very in heartbroken. He was, he was grieving as fuck, so yeah. yeah. He and didn't, didn't want to see his dead sons yeah. 
uh, face, probably. Yeah, I mean, they call that out in, in both Under the Red Hood and Death of the Family. So I, I excuse it because it, they call it, it out. Does, you know? It does make sense. Yeah. It, but it's something you notice. It's some, You know, mm-hmm. if you're a bat fan, you notice that kind of stuff. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Uh, even though I love, uh, you know, I loved our interview with Cole Vallas, who was Tommy Elliott. Um, check that out if you haven't seen it. Um, I did, when I read the actual Hush arc, I was kind of disappointed it wasn't Jason Todd at that time. It just seemed too good of a twist. Missed opportunity. You Missed think opportunity. even to this day. Yeah, because the way it's set up and, like, Batman's, like, putting all the clues together in that issue, being like, oh, like, the thing that cut my bat line, you know, only one, you know, only a few people would have that skill to do that. Right. But in reality, it turns out to be his like doctor friend from childhood. Like it's it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, so I yeah. didn't I didn't think that the Tommy Elliot twist was nearly as good as the Jason Todd twist. Uh, but it, it makes more sense. Yeah, to be Jason Todd. Yeah. yeah. But if they did that, we wouldn't have gotten under the Red Hood. So yep, that's true. Maybe again, they they probably headed that way, and it might have changed somewhere in editorial or something. Maybe uh, you I, know. I think Jeff Loeb, the, who wrote Hush, is on record saying that he kind of wanted the opening there. Just if anybody right. wanted it, but it wasn't where he was. He personally was going. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, I don't know. I personally think I prefer Jason as Hush. But somebody at the higher up said no. Said no to then, to Loeb. But then yes to Judd Winnick from the real world. People don't make yeah, <laughs> from the real people don't make sense, man. Bottom line, people don't make sense, Ben. To be fair, the Underred Hood story I actually prefer over Hush. I know that might be a controversial, that might be a bold statement because Hush is considered to be like one of the greatest Batman stories. Uh, Batman I, I agree, honestly. I just, I think Under the Red Hood is, yeah. Under the Red Hood's cool. Red Hood's There's just cool. so much more emotion. Even though he's whiny, that. but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I can see why Hush is iconic, but it it has not struck me the same way it has struck many others. A I'll say that much, Ben. A, yeah, there's a different feel because you're, it's got the shadow of the death in the family story from 1988 right. over it. You don't have that effect with Hush. Right. Right. Hush came out when? Late 2003? 2003. Is that that recent? Yeah. Wow, I thought it was I thought it was 90s maybe. Okay. No, no, no. Yeah, 2003 was Hush and then Jason came back around like 2005, so it was very close. Okay. From Hush to Under the Red Hood. Okay. Anyway, so uh and then it ends with the whole twist that uh, Talia shows up with Damien. <laughs> baby Damien. With baby Damien. Now this little blue eyes. Jason says that he read in the Bat computer that uh, she, uh, the baby was like no more. Apparently, she had a miscarriage and stuff. And she's like, "That was a lie," so that Bruce would go back to you, go, would right. go back to the family. Uh, this is a reference to real comic book history. In 1987, uh, in the storyline "Son of the Demon," Bruce and Talia have, of course, an affair. They have sex. Uh, <laughs> post- Batman fucks. Yes, Batman fucks. Uh, and she gives, she claims to have a miscarriage at one point, but at the end, it's revealed that she gave the baby up for adoption. Okay. And then this was then written out of continuity. Okay. Uh, supposedly at the time, Grant Morrison, being who he is and thinking everything was canon, yeah. brings it back in 2006 <laughs> and names the kid Damien. So, Forget Grant Morrison created Damien. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, that's a that's the reference there. Okay, is, is the whole idea of you know you were lied to or you didn't think that was real and then it turns right. out it is right. Know, so real inside baseball on that one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, also weird to me. I think Damien has blue eyes and Talia is like you have your father's eyes, but Bruce has brown eyes in the cartoon. So I think something got messed up there. But that's just a little thing. Right. I was thinking that. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Superman has blue eyes. Yeah. But I forget. Yeah. I guess yeah. Bruce has brown eyes, right? General in. 
he has blue eyes in the comics, but they draw it so different all the time anyway. Oh, okay, yeah. But I'm saying in the continuity of Death in the Family and Under the Red Hood, he's got brown right, eyes. Right, right, right. Because we've been watching that movie for years, and right. I probably would have noticed if he had right. like, striking blue eyes like Damien did. Right. Oh, well. Uh, they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. They do know what they're these doing. Are, these are great Batman movies. Uh, all right, <laughs> they so... Just got, they just got... Forgot that one part. Uh, any closing thoughts on Jason Todd's Rebellion before we go into the next version? So, this is okay. This is the one with the hush part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It was. It was good. Um, it was not my favorite. I agree. Yeah. I thought I, it would. Be I my wish favorite. I had a better commentary for you at this moment, right. but I'm still unpacking. I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> Again, just saw it, everybody. Uh, but but yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's worth a worth a look for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next one uh, is Red Hood's Reckoning, which is the one where Batman's able to rescue Batman, but then there's the explosion, and then Batman dies, and Jason still becomes the Red Hood anyway. <laughs> still bleak. Yes. So yeah. uh, there's a lot here where it seems like he lives out under the Red Hood. They even. Right. The whole bridge confrontation, they didn't even, it doesn't look like they even had John DiMaggio redub his lines as the Joker. They just had Vincent Martella. Um, Vincent Mar- okay, so just a just a quick side tangent. Vincent Martella did the voice of young Jason Todd in Under the Red Hood 10 years ago. Right. And then they brought him back for this. Okay. That's um, cool. So that's the way the voice is different for Red Hood. And plus it makes sense because in this version, this is Jason's reaction right, right. after the explosion. Right. As opposed to something that happens like many years later. Right. Uh, so it, it makes sense here, but they even, the whole bridge confrontation is basically what's in Under the Red Hood, but Vincent Martell is saying different dialogue as Jason Todd. Up there. Okay. So uh, that was cool. I also noticed, because this is the second time around when I showed it to you, um, there's a hint that Black Mask is actually dead in there, because in the if you watch Under the Red Hood, when Joker pours the gasoline yeah. in the truck, you see Black Mask in right. there yelling right. at him. Right. And in this version, you don't see Black Mask at all. Okay, yeah. And that's oh, to right. set up the reveal later on when Joker's like, you've been killing people this whole time and oh, you've been repressing right. it. Yeah. Right, right, right. So that was cool. That was a hell of a reveal. Um, the reveal where Jason uh, takes off his mask in front of Joker was feels like it's a reference to the original reveal that Jason Todd was Red Hood in the comics because that's how they okay. revealed it, as we talked about in the Under the Red Hood deep dive uh, on there. As well as uh, the scene of Joker talking about how like you're closer to my side of the line now. Like, I'm your right. real daddy type of thing. And, of course, the line, one bad day, is another reference to the killing joke. Yes. Um, Notice that one. Yes. Yeah. But the biggest surprise <laughs> Tell that him. made my jaw drop was the Batman of Zur and R. I heard the words Zur and R. And I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Really? So this made your jaw drop because I assume it's not in the comics. I mean, it is in the comics, but not in anything related to Jason Todd. I mean, I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you didn't see it coming in this storyline. No, because there was no hints of it ever happening. And so I just this am- is a total. Uh, they've took a liberty they've taken. Well, of course, I mean, it's in a liberty the animated- in the in the first place because of the fact that this is an alternate world where Jason Bruce is believed to be dead and Jason becomes Red Hood anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, for uh, but sure. I uh, because once he he let Joker live, I was wondering why the runtime on the short was still going. I was like, credits can't be that long. Right. What else is going to happen? What could possibly right. happen? And then I heard right. Zer and R, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Zer and R's, was he in Brave and the Bold, maybe? He was also in Brave and the Bold, yeah. So this is not his debut. His first serious uh, debut, though. 
Well, okay, so let me go into the, the history, a brief history of the Batman of Zurinar. Okay, so in Batman number 113 from 1958, uh, there is a story called, it's called the Superman uh, of Planet X. And Sounds silly and I love it. Batman goes to this planet that's called interchangeably Planet X and Zurinar. Okay. <laughs> and Bruce is able to fly and have the powers of Superman on this planet. Sounds great. I want to read it uh, immediately. And uh, the, on that world, though, is, is their own alien Batman. Oh, he's great. the Batman of Zero Noir, and he's in the alternate suit of the purple, red, and yellow colors. Okay. Uh, and at the end, it's sort of ambiguous whether or not Bruce was actually there at Zero Noir or if he had a dream. Uh, so the story was written by Francis Heron and art by Dick Spraying. Classic. Uh, it was adapted into a Brave and the Bold episode called the Super Batman of Planet X, and they actually got Kevin Conroy to the, do the voice oh, of the Batman of Zero Noir. It's like, yeah, I'll take a humongous payday for a day's work. <laughs> Welcome to the Planet of Zero Noir. <laughs> he says at one point. Welcome all this money to my new to my wallet. So, uh, just like most things in the Silver Age, uh, it's it's forgotten for many years. Until Grant Morrison once again shows up in the two thousand around two thousand six two thousand eight or so, there are reports that Grant Morrison will read the entire run. Oh yeah, of a character he did it for Flash, Batman. Like he, he's got it all. He'll I'm assuming for Superman too when he did All Star. Like yeah. every single comic. That's what they say. I I kind of yeah. believe it. No, I I, what, I do want to do a future episode where we break down Grant Morrison's chronology of Batman's career leading up to his thing yeah because they, i would love that he did very specific things that brought back the silver age elements including the batman of zero R. so in this version uh bruce wayne is psychologically attacked by the black glove group and he suddenly starts saying zero and r and he puts on the purple red and yellow outfit and if you're fight. unfamiliar listening to this it's a purple red and yellow bat suit essentially yes, it's wild there, it are, there are even action figures of it I believe yes yeah I would love to have one anybody send that along please <laughs> uh, and he's more unhinged Batman he's apparently called like when you take Bruce Wayne out of the equation you get the Batman of Zero and R he's okay almost, I like to some people have also called him Hobo Batman because he's Bruce Wayne is out in the streets as the Batman of Zero and R and he's he, a bizarro Batman in a sense kind of yeah it's, it's I mean, the bizarro it's, it's still Bruce thing. though it's still Bruce yeah 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 uh yeah, and he's got like Bat Mike talking to him as like a devil under his, over his shoulder, and like I'm sure people <laughs> who aren't familiar with the '50s stuff is like, what the fuck is this? People shit on that silliness, but man, I love it, dude. Yeah. I find it so. I, I like wacky. I, I'm a big fan of wacky. Morrison has completely recontextualized this though, because we yeah, find yeah, out I understand. In yeah. Batman, uh, Batman R.I.P. is is the arc mm-hmm. where they uh, bury him alive. Mm-hmm. And he breaks out, but when he breaks out, he's back into his regular outfit, and he's over being the Batman of Zero and R. Because it turns out the Batman of Zero and R was, <laughs> you're going to laugh, an alternate personality contingency plan that he created in case of psychological attack. He could become the Batman of Zero and R in case anybody tried to break him psychologically. So there's no like other planet in this one? No, it was supposed, like... Anything that had to do with weird shit like other planets and stuff, yeah. Grant Morrison chalked it up to uh, hallucinations from, or after effects from the Scarecrow's fear gas and Joker's toxins and stuff. As you do. As you do. As you do. Okay. So that's, but that's where that comes from, that idea of Bruce Wayne getting broken and having this alternate personality of Batman Zero and R comes from the Grant Morrison comic. And at the end of Batman R.I.P., you get the flashback 
of okay. the murders of Thomas and Martha Wayne, where Bruce is talking about how great it would be if Zorro was on the streets, and Thomas Wayne says, I'm pretty sure they would lock someone like Zorro in Arkham. And that right. is the origin of where Zorro and R comes from. That's how Grant Morrison recontextualizes where that word even comes from. But that's that's, that's incredible. Yeah. But when it was first made, it was just some random bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. So Grant Morrison gets major points. I'm curious what he thinks of this movie because yeah. this was not there was no indication whatsoever that I would see any Grant Morrison stuff in this. I mean, he doesn't own any of it, but I'm sure he's seen it. I oh, mean, I'm sure he loves he's, it. Yeah. He's, I mean, he, he likes, obviously he likes Wacky too. Right. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, it's amazing that he was able to change Zur and R to Zorro and Arkham. It's incredible. Yeah. I think that's so cool. And to put that as like Thomas Wayne's last words and to make yeah. that, to make that a uh, sign of his trauma still haunting him. being the, And in this version, the only words he's able to say he, in the movie. He's uh, he's also like a sorcerer. Yes, he does a lot of like he Indeed. likes occult shit. Yes, yeah, so. have, you, have you looked up? He's he does like a uh, there's something called oh god, it's like an occult um, comic con, like a convention, and he's a fucking main speaker of it. He's <laughs> of one of the top speakers, ah. and he talks about doing his occult practices and shit, and it's wild. I think he's a little drunk, and. <laughs> Dude, it's nuts. He says he, he says that he was um, again. Remember, he's a writer, mm-hmm. but he makes stories. But he says that he was um, abducted in the Himalayas or something because he he said that um, whenever he got rich off mm-hmm. of writing Arkham Asylum, yeah, uh, that was the first time he experienced like a shitload of money. Mm-hmm. Late eighties, right, early nineties. He would go on all these trips all over the world, and he, being Grant Morrison, he was definitely going to Tibet. And of course, yeah. Walking up the Himalayas is probably the fucking altitude that got him. But he says he was abducted by aliens there or something. Mm-hmm. I just, I just, I love the wackiness of Grant Morrison. I think he's great. Right. We all know that. Um, the Relicence podcast, but yeah, fucking retreading shit a lot. But anyway, what did you think of uh, this version of Red Hood's Reckoning with the Batman of Zeranar? The Zeranar fights short. Yeah, very it is. short. I kind of yeah. want a little more. That was the mm. ma- my main takeaway. Gotcha. I like how he. I mean, fight choreography wise, it's cool that we obviously think you know know that Red Hood is really adept in knife fighting. Mm-hmm. And uh, is that basically his number two? You'd say after guns, seems like he's a lot of knives with him. Yeah, partially because of that dagger that Talia gave him. Which you guys right. might notice in the movie, Bruce has now as the Batman of Zero. Right, I yeah. did notice that. And yeah. so it goes through his hand, and it's just like, I mean, there's something cool about it ending short too, I guess, but I, I don't mm-hmm. know, I want a little more out of it. But yeah. But um, other than that, I mean, shit, I I like that they brought Zero and R there, oh, yeah. and that's yeah. cool, that's fun. Um, this is one of the better ones, yeah. for sure. definitely, definitely. I don't... I. I don't know what my, my favorite one would be just yet, honestly. Okay. Right. But maybe I'll maybe I'll figure it out as we keep going. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. we we got one more to go, which is Robin's okay. Revenge. Okay. Which still has Batman dying from the explosion, except Jason Todd instead becomes Red Robin, as we referenced yeah. in the sketch uh, earlier. For you guys who might be wondering what the hell that was, uh, <laughs> I feel like if a casual fan is watching this, it's 
it would be tough to know what's going on, kind of. I don't you know. You kind of have to be somebody who's a comic book fan and saw Under the Red Hood. Yeah, it's, I mean, I like that they don't make it easy. It makes it it's more for hardcore fans. Right, but yeah, I appreciate it. I was just too. thinking about, like, if I showed this to my dad, yeah. I'd be like, well, that's a different Robin, and that Batman's not even Bruce Wayne. Like, I don't know. I was just thinking, like, all kinds yeah, of shit yeah. like that. Like, Because we got Dick Grayson as Batman in, in these last two. Yeah, it's not, it's not a, it's not a, Show for the basic bat. Yeah. That's for sure. (laughs) Don't be a basic bat. Uh, This short contains a favorite scene. At one of the DC fandoms, they revealed that uh, they asked, what was your favorite scene in this without giving anything away? And Brandon Vietti, the director, says, Jason Todd walks into a diner. And Vincent Martella agreed, and so did John DiMaggio. And I had no idea what the hell that meant until I saw this. Right. Uh, so Jason Todd walks in. You guys have probably seen this already if you're listening, if you've gotten this far in the podcast. Uh, and he ends up sitting down to a man who turns out to be the Joker, who's quote unquote cured, and is I never, regular you man. never uh, <laughs> believe that, right? Uh, and this is a reference. This is the second time that my jaw dropped because I, I saw this one last. Oh, okay, uh, and I showed yeah. this one to you last. Yeah, uh, because this is a reference to one of my favorite Joker stories called Going Sane. Okay. Uh, it's by J.M. DeMattius with Joe Staten as, as Penciler, and it's the idea is Joker thinks that Batman's dead, and he has nothing to go off of anymore, so he becomes cured and becomes a normal guy named Joe Kerr uh, <laughs> with, like, regular flesh. <laughs> <It's> all... <laughs> they also did this in Harley Quinn, I guess. Yeah, and that's yeah. what the reference is for. Yeah, is yeah. From, is, is from going sane. Okay. And it just so happens that they did this in this one, too. Yeah. Uh, on there. So I was surprised. And then for him to go into the killing joke joke uh, from the finale where he's talking about the two guys and the two lunatics in the asylum. Yeah. That was, that was a, basically they, they combined so many different things. You had going sane, you had the killing joke, and then Jason stabs him in the eye and it creates the effect that you saw when Joker died in The Dark Knight Returns when he had Batman's battering in his eye with a smile on his face. Right, right. So there's so many different references on here. Uh, and it was it's a fantastic scene it's one of my favorite scenes this is your favorite one um I think just to give you guys a preview I think the Red Hood Reckoning is probably my favorite just overall as a short that's the one with the hush the, the Zer and R Zer, oh yeah okay yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think this one has the strongest scene with the diner uh, I see yeah so uh, we can't count the first one with the uh, with Superman at the end that's at the bottom for me because that was the most boring one for me. Like, keep in mind. Really? Well, when was the last time you saw Under the Red Hood? Yeah, you've been watching it. You watched two or three I, times I, I recently? I watched it, yeah. I watched it recently, so I'm like, I don't need this recap. <laughs> I've seen this movie. I understand. <laughs> I understand. I think I could see why that was boring, but uh, shit, man. I really love Bruce's narration. It's, it's, a great, it's a great narration. If you're going to do a recap of Under the Red Hood, that's yeah. the way to do it, but I did not sign up There's for that. There's absolutely nothing new in it? Uh, outside of the Superman part. Well, I mean, the stuff leading up to the explosion. There's still a new stuff of like the scenes where he benches Jason and the flashback to Thomas Martha Wayne's death, and you know him telling Jason. Not but to even go to the if you, even if it's a recap, you still get you uh, get a little bit of Bruce's. You like, get more Bruce's insight. Though, yeah, yeah. You know, so I, that's at least something new there. It's it's true. That's. Again, if you're going to do a recap, that's the best way to recap it. But you have to keep in mind, like, I saw this, and I thought that was it. I thought that I was ripped off on this digital yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that uh, the other stuff was in the bonus features and not actually edited in 
I forget to the, the actual thing. I forget the actual co- quote too, but he, there's a there was a couple lines in there that were like pretty, I thought pretty well written, like pretty, mm-hmm. like kind of you know deep kind of stuff that you see every now and again in comic books. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, well, maybe I'm skipping ahead, but I think either that one because it's been a while since, since I've seen right. Under the Red Hood, and I'm, Superman's in it, so that's cool. Um, but. <laughs> Maybe Zura and R. Yeah. But the one, what was the one with the repre- repressed memories? Zura and R. Oh, so yeah, that is my favorite. Right, That's right. That was the other one. Right, yeah. We're in agreement on that one. Yeah, then. yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, it's been done before, but repressed memories, almost like, you know, alternate personality, like Fight Club kind of thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's been done a lot, but I don't know. It's, it was good, I yeah, thought. I liked you know? it. Yeah, it was done well. No. Uh, if it was just that part, then I probably wouldn't rank it as high. But when you threw in the Batman of Zero and R on top of that, yeah, I was yeah. like, okay, this is definitely the, the cherry on the top. Yeah. On yeah. yeah, cherry on top. Uh, but I still liked having seen Robin's Revenge as the last one because of the whole, um, because of the fact that we had um, the Joker scene. Joker scene. Oh man, uh, yeah. That was good. That see, that's that's one. That's the one that I w- that twenty year old me would have loved. Mm. Was is the the fucking um, right. knife in the eye? Oh, that part. I, I was mainly talking about the the stuff leading up to that. But yeah. well, I mean, yeah. But if 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 this was if I was twenty years old and I was mm-hmm. talking to you now, yeah, I think that would be my favorite. Gotcha. For some reason, mm-hmm. just because I was a dark boy, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but but. I don't know. Yeah, it's stuff. Maybe you just get older or something. I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. but uh, interesting. Just just straight up murder. Well, why do you? Why do you? It was just just to get revenge for the uh, pretty much for the crowbar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Uh, and plus, I think you could tell that Joker was coming out <laughs> when he was talking to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I thought we were gonna get a laugh. At some I mean, point. we did. Did he laugh before he died? Yeah, he I did. Think so. Okay, I think so, yeah. yeah. And then it was cool when the cops showed up too. I, just, I it was kind of like tense in that moment. Yeah, no, which is cool. It's a fantastic moment. I, I get why yeah. that's their favorite scene. Yeah, it's it's great. Yeah. Uh, but there's there's still more to this. So Robin's Revenge features okay. Jason becoming Red Robin. Yes, not named after the burger joint. <laughs> uh, so what is the history of Red Robin, and why the hell is Jason Red Robin in this? Um, you know, South Park did this whole thing about they had a, a a wedding at Red Robin to make fun of Game of Thrones, and then some shit went down. <laughs> really? for, yeah, for the Red Wedding. Yeah, that was that was an amazing. But uh, that's amazing. Yeah, when I think of Red Robin these days, I actually think of that too. The the mm-hmm. fucking episode. Well, uh, the first Red Robin was actually Dick Grayson in Kingdom Come. That he oh was yeah, I forgot. I forgot by, that wasn't Tim Drake. Yeah, it was Mark Wade and uh, Alex Ross creating that. Alex Ross designed that costume. Yeah, we got to do a Kingdom Come at one point. I have to think about what their uh, what stuff that people don't know about Kingdom Come would be. Oh, there's got to be many things. We'll Alex see, Ross, what's he up to? <laughs> Alex Ross, please come on to the podcast. <laughs> uh, but the next time we saw Red Robin was in 2005's Infinite Crisis. Okay, uh, and that's where the Jason of our world ended up meeting. Because this is a whole infinite crisis is like all the multiverse. So you meet different alternate worlds. Jason of the regular continuity ended up meeting the Earth 51 Batman. Okay. Earth 51 Batman is pretty much like the Ben Affleck Batman of Batman v Superman. His reaction to Jason's death is was to kill everybody. So you're saying Snyder's comic book accurate then? To, to the Earth 51 <laughs> Batman. 
hey, Snyder versus what is it? What, what if Snyder all along was like, hey, I was Earth 51 all the time? And like, he doesn't. God damn it, we look, nerds need to rethink our rage. He doesn't quite <laughs> look like uh, Ben Affleck, or Ben Affleck doesn't look like the Batman of the Earth 51. But uh, this version killed Joker after Jason died and then went off and decided to kill all the other supervillains and is at odds with the rest of the Justice League of his Earth. Funny enough, this is exactly what Jason wanted and under right. Brother Hood. Remember, the whole conflict was because Jason didn't, I mean, Batman didn't avenge his death. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but Jason doesn't actually like how cynical Batman has become in this version and he's kind of become dead inside and like Batman doesn't even want to go out and fight as part of this. He wants to just hunker down with Jason in the Batcave. And Jason talks him into going back up there. So Batman's like, all right, I'll put the suit back on, but you're going to need the suit up too. Here's the suit that I would have given my Earth, Jason, if he grew into it. And that is the Red Robin suit. Okay, and so, that starts off... Is Red Robin have start off in Kingdom Come? He was in Kingdom Come, but remember, that's like an alternate future. Yeah, it's Elseworlds. So that's like is, the Elseworlds. Yes, it's Kingdom so Come. This is the Earth 51's Red Robin suit on our Earth's Jason Todd. This is kind of confusing unless you're really into the multiverse stuff, guys. Red, uh, Red Robin was in Cape and Cowl, a documentary oh, yeah. I made yes. way back Check in the day. Out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, technically, Jason in Infinite Crisis was Red Robin before Tim Drake. Tim Drake didn't become Red Robin until 2006. In the, in, he was just a Robin. He was just Robin, yeah. Yeah. So that is why Jason becomes Red Robin in this short. Real, real quick, what are the main differences other than the people I guess of Robin and Red Robin I don't know I don't know how to phrase the question but like like if, they, if they're what does like Tim it, change by becoming you, Red Robin it, yeah if you looked at like the back of their I know Marvel had the Fleeter cards but the DC Fleeter cards right. if they made them like what would be on the back of those like as far as like well, ma- major differences in the comics Tim Drake became Red Robin so that he anything that he did would not be associated with the Batman family so it was like a whole new identity uh, for him, even though it was just still, the word red. Still Robin. Robin. Though, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, so the, I remember the guy that uh, played Red Robin in my movie, mm-hmm. in our movie that we made, uh, he said that he loved Tim Drake because he didn't do things out of uh, tragedy. He mm-hmm. didn't need a tragedy mm-hmm. for motive. Right. Like every other character seemed to, he just straight up wanted to do good. Mm-hmm. Like he was kind of a Boy Scout as much as Superman was. Right. Yeah. You know. So I thought I think that shit's kind of that's cool. It's mm-hmm. Cool that they that they write characters like that. Yeah, because he his parents were still alive at the time that he wanted yeah. to become Robin. They yeah, killed yeah, him yeah. off later, but like it's dude, it, these <laughs> heroes, man, they gotta fucking watch out for their parents, dude. Yeah. Well, the Earth-51 Batman fights with Red Robin in Infinite Crisis, and he, the Earth-51 Batman ends up getting killed okay. uh, at one point, and uh, one of the alternate universe Jokers is like taunting Red Robin about the death of his mentor, and uh, Jason ends up killing him before joining the rest of the fight. Uh, okay. And then he kind of just gives up the Red Robin name at the end, and, and that was it uh, at okay. the time. But uh, that's, that's why Jason is Red Robin. And uh, there's also another small, subtle East- Easter egg that I wouldn't have thought of in, unless it was revealed in DC Phantom. But when Red Robin gets knocked out by Two-Face, uh, Two-Face throws a grenade and a big, giant phone advertisement falls on him. Okay, yeah. That's a tie-in to the fact that the phone calls were the ones that actually killed Jason Todd. Oh, my God. In Death in the Family. See, I didn't think about it because it's like a smartphone in it. Yeah, But, yeah, it's still a phone, though. Yeah. But it is a, it's good. That's yeah. good. 
know, that's a good Easter. That's a good one, Brandon yeah. Vietti. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So the the confrontation with Two Face here is significant because of that Two Face killed his dad. Uh, there's a right. bit of a reference to it in in the movie. It's kind of implied. It's more obviously more overt in the comics. Uh, this is also why in the animated series, Tim Drake's Tim Drake in the Batman animated series in the '90s or so was kind of a combination of Jason Todd and Tim Drake. Um, his dad was Two Faces henchman named Stephen Shifty Drake uh, in the episode of Sins of the Father and was killed Shifty. or was disappeared. At hey least. yo, Shifty. Uh, the fact that Two-Face had killed one of Robin's parents may have been the influence of why Two-Face was the one who killed uh, the Graysons in Batman Forever. Different Robin, but still. Uh, but that's the significance uh, on here. And of course, in the comics, it was the classic. Like Once Bruce found out that Two-Face had killed Jason's parents, or Jason's dad, really, uh, he tried to keep it from Jason. Jason ended up finding out anyway uh, and uh, nearly killed Two-Face. Uh, but was persuaded by Batman to not cross the line. And so uh, Two-Face was caught, just like in the movie where he's persuaded by a random appearance of Tim Drake. <laughs> yeah, that was okay. That was not quite what I was expecting. Yeah. And now Tim Drake is Bat-Kid in this continuity. The, yeah, the, the thing is, like, that would have been great for, like, a Brave and the Bold thing, something, like, aimed towards actual kids. Right. But this is like one of the darker. This is an R-rated. R-rated, straight up R-rated, right? Yeah, yeah. this is literally R-rated Batman story. Uh, so it could have just probably should have gone a different direction. Yeah, that one, I agree. that little part. But and who other, am I? Just some fucking jackass right. on the internet. Any other thoughts on uh, <laughs> on Robin's revenge? Uh, not as good as Zero and R one. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like. I don't know. Yeah, it was it was it was good. It mm-hmm. was okay. I l- probably liked it more in the Hush one. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, so maybe the rankings are the same there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say so. Yeah, uh, but yeah, we will put up a Twitter poll to see which was your favorite branch of Under the Red Hood. I mean, not Under the Red Hood. Pff, I'm getting mixed up now. <laughs> Death Jesus. in the Family. <laughs> Can't believe you. <laughs> and that is superhero stuff you should know. Uh, so one of the comments was from John Wells, who's a uh, who comments on our stuff a lot. He said on the Under the Red Hood uh, deep dive, he said, "quote I really believe that this story would have been a great first Ben Affleck Batman film, not a direct adaptation, but maybe the essence of it." It's okay. I can actually tangent off of this for a little bit. Sure. Uh, watching this movie two hours ago or less, right. uh, I was thinking, man, it seems like they're headed for Court of Owls for the Matt Reeves. Batman 2 if that ever mm-hmm. gets fucking made um, but man what a great third one because then you can bring Joker in but he's not really the main villain and we won't have a fucking like rehash right. Joker story again mm-hmm. it is about Joker I mean Joker should obviously do some fucked up shit in it but it'd be kind of tough because you have all this fucking Jason Todd and all these people to you fucking have to tell. introduce Jason Todd it's a lot going in the on the second but one and kill him off that's the thing. So this may be a lot. May, could you th- do you think they could put in Court of Owls and Jason Todd in the same fucking story? It'd be a little crowded, and plus, like you would still need Jason Todd to be killed by Joker. So you'd still have to have Joker show up in the second movie for that to happen. Because otherwise, it'd be why crowded would, as hell. Why would he call himself the Red Hood if he wasn't killed by Joker? Yeah, it'd be crowded as fuck. I, well, 
Anyway, it would be cool if they put it in there some somewhere. I mean, right. it seems like they're headed towards a live a- adaptation at some point, like a, a movie. At some point, yeah. yeah. I mean, my, my thing is Under the Red Hood doesn't quite work for Batfleck if Batfleck's already crossed the line, in my opinion. That's true. That's so, true. They're, they're, have you seen well. the interviews of Zack Snyder saying pretty much my Batman kills? Like, he's pretty much oh, unapologetic yeah. about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. We'll dive into it when we get into the At Zack least he's Snyder not like a lying politician about it. That, that's cool. At least yeah. he's like, well. He owns he, it. Yeah. He, he owns it. He yeah. owns it. So it's whatever. Yeah. And obviously, people love the fuck out of him. Yes. So. Uh, let's see. On to the next comment. Oh, yes. And thank you, John Wells. Uh, next one is from Randall Flagg. I'm assuming that's from The Stand uh, based off of the, uh, <laughs> the profile picture. Uh, yeah. That I saw of that, uh, but he said uh, he had a comment on our Hush interview with Cole Vallis. He's a big Hush fan. Uh, he says, "Damn, that guy is really likable. Great interview." I was also, no offense to Mr. Gordon Winterick, uh, of course, hoping to see Mr. Cole Vallis back as full-fledged Hush later. Hush later on, and always wondered why he was recast. Oh well, at least as much as Batwoman sucks as a show, in my humble opinion, at least Gabriel Mann finally gave us an adult Tommy Elliot that I really enjoy. To be honest, I'm such a Hush fanboy. I've watched at the end of. Uh, watch the end of season one post-crisis of Batwoman uh, I, just because I heard Tommy was coming back oh nice right when I was writing that you guys mentioned the Batwoman episode and Gabriel Mann smiley face he first popped up in the third episode and then became a regular in Arkham Asylum in the second half of the season I own every single Hush related comic book out there and I'm really hoping that wow. they give him a new storyline soon last time we saw him for a full issue was before the Batcat wedding when it was revealed that Tommy got surgery to look just like Dick Grayson Nightwing and this is wild. I'm assuming that they were able to figure out it wasn't Dick Grayson because of the ass was just not yeah. matching up to. <laughs> not the same, man. <laughs> not the same. Uh, Randall says, sadly, that wasn't explored much in spite of the many opportunities brought by Dick's amnesia. And Hush <laughs> was only seen in the background a couple times during the Tom King Bane storyline. Anyway, once again, great interview. Wish I could have seen that sooner. And by the way, I think there was a slight misunderstanding from what Cole was saying. I'm pretty sure he meant that his favorite Nolanverse movie was The Dark Knight, not The Dark Knight he Rises. He does make a mistake in that episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, he just forgot the names of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah pretty much the rest of Randall's comment is, is on that. But yeah that's, yeah, that's pretty much what it was. I, rem- you, I remember him making that mistake. Yeah. Because uh, we were confused. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we did check him on a little bit, but he... He just kept going. Yeah, he he, he didn't, uh, you know, he didn't he didn't know. But anyway, yeah. oh well. But uh, thank you, Randall. Um, and hopefully, we we'll, we might have some more Hush related stuff soon for you. So hmm, perhaps, maybe, perhaps, yes. But what uh, if Hush was an injustice? As a fighting game fan myself, uh, I don't think. What he moves would... would he have? He was in DC Universe Online. I don't think he was in in Injustice. Though. No, he's not. But like, they might add him. Yeah. I wonder. We'll They're going to add... I mean, they've added fucking almost everybody. Quoting I bet you Aristotle. anything, calling it right now, due to his kind of weird popularity, King Shark, he's been in like, it's been like he's 20 coming. things so yeah. far. And The Flash has been in it forever yeah. since the first one. So mm. anyway, yeah. Anyway. Um, yep. God, I should do an Injustice Deep Dive at some point as a huge fighting game fan. Yep. Uh, what All else right. we got, man? Leading into the shout-outs. Okay, so... Like to thank once again, Kooky Noms, Matt Herring, Elijah B, Shamrock Balls, Aaron Willett, Ian H, Dan D, Leom O, and last but not least, most certainly, Super Inframan. Yes. And please join the Shasta Army. That's the one dollar tier on Patreon.com/slash Superhero Stuff Pod. And then. Uh, 
please leave us a review on iTunes, and uh, that always helps out a lot. And then uh, please use your voice recorder app on your phone and record us a little something and then send that little something to uh, email it to superhousepodcast at gmail.com. And you too can be on the show. I am Thunderwolf Drew on Twitter and Instagram. Please check us out on YouTube if you're not already. Uh, we just launched the Ben Cave show. Yes. And uh, more on that coming. And uh, that's it for me, signing right. off. Uh, and you can follow me as Ben Juan Ryder on Instagram. And you can find us on Instagram at Superhero Stuff Pod. And you can watch The Ben Cave if you uh, like, comment, and subscribe on the channel. Other than that, see you later. Signing off.